Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome back to the Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Crossing bridges in the Bay Area just got more expensive. As of January 1st, we all have to pay $7 for a toll. But if you think that's expensive, wait till you hear what happens when you don't pay up. In the Bay, unpaid tolls are sending some drivers thousands of dollars into debt. There's evidence that this is happening to thousands of people because there are thousands of vehicles in the Bay Area that have racked up uh, 75 or more toll violations between January and August. Today, how our system for paying bridge tolls is hurting the Bay Area's poorest residents the most. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfatah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. And uh, I'd like to call the meeting to order. And please, uh, I'd like to request that we have the broadcasting of the announcement. In the usual COVID pandemic way, I was watching a remote meeting of the Bay Area Toll Authority Oversight Committee. Dan Brecky is an editor and transportation reporter for KQED. There were several people lined up to speak. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. One of them uh, introduced himself as Paul, Paul Briley. Briley, and I'm a native of San Francisco. He explained that he used to be a San Francisco resident, but he could no longer afford to live in the city. Be that as it may, my heart is still in San Francisco, and that's my grandmother. 
but he still has to cross the bridge because of uh, family issues. I assist my grandmother with traveling to and from the store, eating meals, transporting the medical appointments, picking up her prescriptions and making sure... Paul is one of the many, many people who used to pay his tolls at the toll plaza. And then all of a sudden, the toll takers weren't there. Caltrans pulled them out at the very beginning of the pandemic. So then what does somebody like Paul do in that case? As if I were blindfolded, it appears as though I have unwillingly walked into a pitfall of debt. A couple things really got my attention. His basic story was interesting, but the amounts of toll penalties that he said he owed was just unbelievable. The original and collective amount was $72. Apparently, the first toll evasion penalty inflated to $372. As of September 16th, less than a month ago, it was $912. called earlier this week, and I asked the representative, what is my outstanding balance? And he told me $6,548. $6, Wow. I've got that number sort of seared in my memory. The way the system was set up, they would drive through, their license plate would be recorded, and then a notice would be sent to the place where their car is registered, and, um, and they would get a notice for every single time they cross the bridge. So people start to generate a, you know, sort of a typhoon of, of mailed notices, and you could wind up with $70 in penalties for a $6 toll. I have a reputation for paying my dues. If there was still a person in the booth, I would have paid my dues. I wasn't ready for the technological change, whereas now I have to come and find you and pay you your money. You know, we, we talked about Paul Briley with $6,548. There's another person who spoke at the same meeting, uh, Kelly Cadwallader, $31,000. Uh, our Golden Gate Bridge guy, Mike Robbins, uh, it turned out he was he actually owed fifteen thousand, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. How easy is it to end up in this situation? It seems to be pretty common from the Metropolitan Transportation Commission statistics. I mean, there are thousands and thousands of uh, account holders who have huge numbers of outstanding uh, toll violations. There are at least 6,000 that have 75 or more toll violations where neither the first or second violation notices have been paid, and they've racked up the maximum penalty. That's 6,000 different accounts owing $5,000 or more. That's $30 million. Wow. I mean, who who's being hurt the most by this problem? So SPUR, which is a really well-established urban planning and research organization, they actually undertook a study. And what they found was that um, there was a, a disproportionate share going to zip codes with high numbers of, of lower-income folks. Um, so folks who, by definition, might be more challenged to handle you know, a large bill. Where were those zip codes located? Like what cities? In the Spur report, the zip codes were in East Oakland, Richmond, Vallejo, and San Francisco, uh, the Bayview-Hunters Point area. People that I talk to really, you know, want to pay their tolls. It's that they, you know, just cannot afford, you know, these astronomical penalties. 
So Ant Stooldreyer is the director of financial justice for the city of San Francisco. Uh, the city actually has something called uh, the Financial Justice Project, which is looking at lots of questions related to uh, poverty and government fines and fees. It's a widely noted issue that these fines and fees fall disproportionately heavily on people living in poverty. I think it's really important to keep in mind uh, who's going over the bridge these days. Um, it's not people like me who can, you know, often work from home. It's it's essential workers. It's people who, um, you know, are working at schools, are working in hospitals. It's service workers. Um, you know, again, th that's really who these penalties are are hitting right now. I also kind of feel like, Dan, there's also like another kind of person in the Bay Area, or maybe this is the same kind of person as we're, we're talking about when we say essential workers, um, just like the kind of person in the Bay Area who's crossing bridges often because they can't afford to live where they work or like people like Paul, who've been, you know, like priced out of the city where he's from, but who still has family roots. And it almost seems like these folks are being punished for that, for being punished for like not being able to live in the same places where they need to be. Well, you're absolutely right that over the last few decades, but especially maybe over the last 10 or 20 years, people who are not high wage earners have been pushed farther and farther from the jobs in the Central Bay Area. And we know that people are traveling fantastic distances and crossing bridges and paying tolls to get to work. The population crossing the bridges is different from what it was before the pandemic. There are a lot more people who have to get to work. Their jobs did not stop. They cannot work remotely. And, um, and they have limited means of getting there, right? Transit may not serve them. I feel like some people who are listening to this might be like, I pay my toll. <laughs> um, so like, why don't you just pay up and then, you know, you wouldn't have a problem. Do, do you think it's that simple? It, it, it's not that simple. You know, there are some people who are simply being irresponsible. Stuhl Dreher and the Spur Report both point out that when lower income people who are facing these kinds of penalties are given both a reasonable penalty and a means of paying it off, they will do it. Um, for some of these people we're talking about, it's a question of finding some way to pay uh, in desperate circumstances. And if they can't, they may be forced into bankruptcy or further into poverty if they're, you know, having hard times. Yeah, like it's like it's a choice of paying your rent or paying off this toll debt. Absolutely. I mean, is there anything being done about this? Well, yes. Um, the Spur report was motivated in part because one of the members of the Metropolitan Transportation Commission, a guy from San Francisco named Nick Josefowitz, was very concerned about this. Over the past few months, as we've looked into this in more detail, I think there's really been a realization that we, we need to really sort of, you know, create a system which, which, which works for low-income people as well. Nick has been on the BART board in the past. He's been on the MTC for a while, and he's actually the policy director at Spur. So he was in a unique position to try to 
you know, uh, stir people into action. We need a system that isn't designed to penalize people um, and is designed to kind of make sure that we're not driving anybody into poverty because of a mistake they've made or because they just don't happen to have the money on that day or that week to be able to pay the toll. So instead of having the toll penalty system we had through November, where you could wind up with $70 in penalties for a $6 toll, the maximum penalty you can have for each violation now is $15. So that's, that's a huge improvement right there. And I think that's what we're driving towards. It's nothing revolutionary, um, but it is, it is sort of, you know, something that is a lot fairer and a lot sort of more just and a lot more equitable than, than what we've had in the past. Having said that, if you had one of these gigantic toll bills and nothing else is done, then you're still going to have a substantial amount to pay, even with the reduced fines. I want to go back to to Paul here. Does he still owe more than six thousand dollars in toll debts? Like, what what is he doing now to to pay that off? All I know is that when he spoke at the meeting, the chair of the committee said, "Contact Fast Track. I'm sure they'll work with you." Thank you. I was just going to say your time is up to speak, but if you'd like to call our Fast Track office, um, our, I know our staff would be very happy to help you. What happened was that they are working on a uh, some kind of payment solution. Really, what you're after is getting the toll paid, right? There shouldn't be any penalty on top of it. And I believe that's what's going to happen in Paul's case. Paul is a great example of somebody who would benefit dramatically from the change in the penalty schedule. Um, Instead of being hit with a $70 charge for every toll crossing, it would be a $15 charge. Dan, why do you think this story is important, even for people who do pay their bridge tolls? You know, my honest answer is I'm a little surprised that people are so interested in it. I think it's just because some of these numbers are just so shocking. I think that's probably what catches people's attention. When you see somebody who somehow, through whatever combination of you know, inattention or irresponsibility or bad luck or family crisis, uh, employment crisis, health crisis, all of the above, winds up with a $31,000 bill or a $10,000 bill or a $5,000 bill, mm-hmm. you know, wh- whatever the, the story is, it, it does get your attention. Transportation needs to get paid for somehow, right? But I guess it seems like we can't really assume that this system for collecting toll and penalizing those who can't pay it, like, works for everyone, really, equally, (laughs) or that it's fair. It's one of the starker cases I've seen of people being punished in a really extreme way for something that they may not have complete control over. Maybe it was just a simple mistake. And, you know, sure, that's an infraction, and people should have consequences for infractions, right? We want to have a nice, orderly society. But I don't think 
something that's so punitive really I mean, there's just no justice in it and it's like so as i started to say it's one of the starker examples of a of a system that really slams those without means and and leaves the rest of us to just sort of ignore the issue and and wander around in our lives like nothing is wrong Dan Brecky, an editor and transportation reporter for KQED. This episode of The Bay was produced by Raquel Maria Dillon, who cut this episode, and Mary Franklin Harvin, who scored and added the tape. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. That's it for The Bay. Peace. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.